0: looking at several passages this morning before we do communion and one of them is the institution of communion and when it when it was instituted and you'll find that in matthew chapter 26 and i want to read just parts of this starting in verse 20 it says now when evening Came, Jesus was reclined at the table with the twelve disciples, and they were eating. He said, Truly I say to you that one of you will betray me. Being deeply grieved, they each one began to say to him, Surely not I, Lord. And he answered, He who dipped his hand with me in the bowl is the one who will betray me. The Son of Man is to go just as it is written of him but woe to that man by whom the son of man is betrayed it would have been good for that man if he had not been born and judas who was betraying him said surely it is not i rabbi and jesus said to him you have said it yourself while they were eating jesus took some bread and after a blessing He broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, take, eat, this is my body. And when he had taken a cup and given thanks, he gave it to them saying, drink from it, all of you. For this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for forgiveness of sins. But I say to you, I will not drink of the fruit of the vine from now until that day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. After singing a hymn, Mike, after singing a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. Jesus knows that he's being betrayed. He institutes communion at this point. And when they were done, they sang a song and they went out. Where did they go? They went out. And and Jesus, verse 31, Jesus said to them, you will all fall away because of me this night. For it is written, I will strike down the shepherd and the sheep of the flock shall be scattered. How many of you have ever raised sheep or been a sheep farmer? Y'all knew better. If you grew up studying Scripture, you—I—I I actually did when I was uh, in high school. Have I got a real bad ring? Or is it just me? Is it ringing in here? It is up here. Sheep are dumb, and—and and I see why God, when in Scripture, He calls us sheep. They're dumb animals. We've got a camp in Southern California that we worked with, I was on the executive board for many years at this camp, and we raise sheep. I thought it was a little weird coming from Southern Arizona to Los Angeles, California as a missionary, that we go to camp and they've got horses and cows and sheep and ducks and goats and chickens. And I'm like, this is a farm. What do they got a kid's camp with a farm? You know kids in L.A. don't know where milk comes from? They really don't. They think it comes from the grocery store and out of a carton. They don't know it comes from a cow. They've never had that experience. Some of you are shaking your head. You don't believe me, but they really don't. But he, he refers to it in the song that we did. His name is wonderful. Talks about him being a mighty king. But he's also our shepherd. He guides us He directs us. Because without direction, what would we do? We'd go astray. We would not follow where we're supposed to. And it says, I will strike down the shepherd, and the sheep of the flock shall be scattered. But after I have been raised, I will go ahead of you to Galilee. But Peter said to him, Even though all may fall away because of you, I will never fall away. Jesus said to him truly I say to you that this very night before a rooster crows you will deny me three times most of us know the story of what happens there Christ's betrayal Christ goes to the cross for you and for me and can you imagine what would happen if he had not gone to the cross what we would have all faced and then in Acts chapter 2 Verse 1, it says, When the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place. And suddenly, there came from heaven a noise like a violent rushing wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Can you imagine if we were sitting here? We know the sun's out because we see it coming through here. And all of a sudden, there is this really loud noise. We couldn't explain it. What would you do? Where, where, where's one of my little? And it says in verse 3 of that same chapter, And there appeared to them tongues as of fire, distributing themselves as they rested on each of them. I think that would scare me even a little more than the noise. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues, as the Spirit was giving them utterance. Now there were Jews living in Jerusalem, devout men from every nation under heaven. So they had this gathering of Jews from all over. They didn't all speak the same language. That's what it says, "...devout men from every nation under heaven. And when this sound occurred, the crowd came together, and they were bewildered, because each of them was hearing them speak in his own language. They were amazed and astonished, saying... Why are not all of these who are speaking Galilean? And how is it that we each hear them in our own language to which we were born? Parthians, Medes, Amalites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, Asia, Hygeria, and Pamilia, Egypt, and districts of Liberia around Cyrene, and visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes. Cretans and Arabs, we hear them in our own tongue speaking of the mighty deeds of God. And they all continued in amazement and great perplexity, saying to one another, what does this mean? But others were mocking and saying, they are full of wine. And here's one of the first church services ever recorded in scripture. Peter says, he takes his stand with the eleven, raised his voice. See, he didn't have a PA system where somebody could turn him up. He raised his voice and declared to them, Men of Judea and all who live in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and give heed to my words. For these men are not drunk, as you suppose, for it is only the third hour of the day. You're not sure when the third hour is. It's 9 a.m., so he's saying they're not drunk at three at nine o'clock in the morning. But this is what was spoken of through the prophet Joel. And it shall be in the last days, God says, That I will pour forth of my spirit on all mankind, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams, even on my bond slaves, both men and women. I will in those days pour forth my spirit and they shall prophesy and I will grant wonders in the skies above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and vapors of smoke. The sun will be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the great and glorious day of the Lord shall come and it shall be that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. What we need to see, we need to see people being saved, don't we? You know it. I had a great time yesterday. It was hot. It was a little sticky. I met three neighbors. I tell you. on the end of the hill. She's been there 45 years. Her husband passed away seven years ago. Sweet lady. She asked us as a church if we will pray for her continued health down the street. Now you might know him, Pat. He's a retired coal miner. He only spent 32 years in the industry. The, in the he says everything's going great. And I said, well, what can we pray for you about? He said... Well, I don't know of anything. And I said, well, how about we pray that God just continue to bless you? And he's like, that would be wonderful. You know, we've got some neighbors that have needs. We've got people that want us to pray for them. We've got people right here on this street that need to be saved. Wouldn't it be great to see a revival start right here on this street? And it shall be that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Men of Israel, listen to these words. Jesus the Nazarene, a man attested to you by God with miracles and wonders and signs which God performed through him in the midst, just as you yourselves know. This man, delivered over by the predetermined plan and foreknowledge of God, you nailed him. page too quick you nailed to a cross by the hands of godless men and put him to death but god raised him up again putting an end to the agony of death since it was impossible for him to be held in its power that one verse right there could be a whole sermon he is he cannot be held down I think it's interesting, it says in verse 25, for David says of him, I saw the Lord always in my presence, for he is at my right hand, so that I will not be shaken. Therefore my heart was glad, and my tongue exalted. In Sunday school. Mike shared with us this morning about how we're supposed to be singing. You know that's scriptural. We over and over in scripture we hear we hear music. Some of it's probably traditional hymns. They probably go back to Paul's writings. There's probably some hymns and some praises. If you want to find me, if you think I'm here and you want to find me, just listen for music because I almost always have music going on wherever I'm at. I was in here doing some rearranging yesterday and this sound system works good off my iPod. I had some music going that the neighbors probably heard. It was good, It's all Christian music, uh, but I love music. I don't know, have we told you how we met? We met in a gospel singing group. Sharon played piano and I sang bass. And that's how we met a long time ago. And that's what God used to bring us together was music. We need to be singing. It says, you will make me full of gladness with your presence. How do people know that we're happy? Because you know, once you get saved, you can't be happy. You've got to walk around with a sad day. Oh, I'm a Christian. I love the Lord. Is that not what? People think I'm a little crazy. My wife is, you know what? She's really afraid of. I want one of those things like that sitting right outside of here. What do you call it? an all-wheel drive little off-road thing? Yeah, I want one of those. She doesn't think I need one of those. I want a four-wheel drive. And I I want to thank each and every one of you. We really don't need one, and I probably really don't need one. You know why that one's broke down, sitting out there on the side of our parking lot? The guy that owns it, his dad drove in the creek the other day and yeah. put it underwater. The rest my case. <laughs> but we should be able to. We should be the happiest people on the face of this earth. People, when they meet us, should know that there's something different about us, and it's Christ in our lives. We can't go around sad and unhappy. I tell you, over there where we're staying, if you sit out on the front porch, how many of you sit on your front porch and just visit with people? Oh, you need to sit up. They stop by, they love to stop by. Oh, you're those guys from California. We're still trying to figure out how to get West Virginia license plates on the truck. So they'll, because they think it's a little strange, but it's fun to just sit around and visit with people. Let them know that the difference between them and us is Christ in our life. And that we can be happy, we can rejoice because we know this life is only temporary here. And that someday we'll be in the presence of God. Verse 29 says, "Brother and I may confidently say to you regarding the patriarch David that he both died and was buried and his tomb is with us to this day. You know, that's the, that's the great thing about all the other... Religious leaders, Muhammad. You know where Muhammad is buried. You go to any other known religious leader, Buddha. Where's Buddha? Of course, you got to figure out which one you're talking about because there's a lot of them. There's more than one. Buddha's dead. Buddha's in the grave. The only, the one true living God. The tomb is empty. He's risen again. Or wait, he is risen. Very good. A couple of you got it. Okay. But he said, I confidently say to you regarding the patriarch David that he both died and was buried and his tomb is with us to this day. And so because he was a prophet and knew that God had sworn to him with an oath to seat one of his descendants on his throne, He looked ahead and spoke of the resurrection of the Christ, that he was neither abandoned to Hades nor died, did his flesh suffer decay. This Jesus God raised up again, to which we all witness. Therefore, having been exalted to the right hand of God and having received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, he poured forth this which you both see and hear. For it was not David who ascended into heaven, but he himself. The Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet. Then if you jump over to verse 42 of that chapter, it said, well, verse 41. So then those who had received his word were baptized. And that day there were added about 3,000 souls. Can you imagine what it would be like if we filled the baptistry up, and in one day we had to baptize three thousand people? We better have a lunch upstairs because it's going to take a while. Can you imagine what it was like? There were say there were just all twelve of them were there, and they were doing this together. How many did each one of them have to baptize if they did three thousand? that's what it says. Then those who had been, had received his word were baptized, and that day there were added about three thousand souls. They were continually devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching, and to fellowship, to the breaking of.